Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Nuttas in Maseches Nazir, which means, and by the way, good Chodesh. So it means we got 10 minutes less. And let's start from the very top of Nuttas, Ahmed Aleph. We're talking about hair removal. Welcome back, Barry. Uh, Andrew, unfortunately, had to cancel his waxing appointment because he still needed to hear about what was going on with hair removal. I'll say it straight out. Rabbi uh, Ari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, will tell you there is a cultural component to this. Uh, let's read what's going on. From the very top. That you get malchus if you, mavir means removal. So if you have hair removal of the armpit area or, any, or basically body hair, right? Besa erva. Would be pubic hair, but really would apply to anybody hair. Loka mishum lo yilbash gever simlasisha. Talk about anybody hair other than getting a haircut here. Lo yilbash gever simlasisha. Well, why does hair? What does hair removal have to do with cross dressing? The pasuk says a person should not, a man should not wear. Well, let's read the pasuk. The pasuk isn't safer devarim. Lo yekli gever alisha. Actually, before it says that men shouldn't wear dresses, it says that women should not wear men's kli gever. Kli gever. So some are medayek. Some make the, uh, the inference over here. Kli gever. Gever is not necessarily ish. Like in Israel, they say, makole gever. But the gever might mean somebody who like goes out to war. It's basically talking about women carrying a handpiece. We'll talk soon about the shaila that Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's Zatzal's grandson, who lives in the Gush, asked about his wife carrying a gun. We'll get there in a second. But the first thing is that a woman shouldn't have a kli gever. And then, v'lo yilbash gever, simlas isha. Yeah, and the man shouldn't wear dresses. Why? Ki to'avas Hashem lokecha kol eila. It's a to'eva. It's an abomination. So why is it an abomination? Okay, so cross-dressing is an abomination, apparently. Okay, now, we're not talking about cross-dressing, right? In the context of a nazi who's, who's cutting his hair, we're talking about hair removal. So obviously we're talking about any kind of like cross-dressing behavior, and that is cultural, right? In other words, in a culture, I don't know, in Scotland, we have uh, listenership in Scotland. If you wear a, okay, Andrew, what's the dress that they wear when they were playing the bagpipes? It's a kilt or a kelt? Kilt. kilt. Okay, so they wear a kilt. Uh, my son Zalmi, who just got uh, married, thinks that he was a Scottish in a previous, because he has, a uh, weird percentage of his dreams, he's wearing a kilt and playing bagpipes. That's a, uh, okay, we're getting off uh, topic. But the point is that to wear a kilt in Scotland would not be considered cross-dressing. Do you understand, Barry? It's not like there is a halachic parameter. It's a cultural parameter. And it is, there are some halachas that are culturally defined. Be that as it may, if it's culturally something that only women would do, you would not be allowed to do the, um, the hair removal. And the point over here is saying that, loke, that you get malchus, that, that's a Torah. Well, of course it's a Torah. The Pasuk says it. So the question is, hair removal, because it's not actual cross-dressing, is it in fact a violation of the Torah or is it not? So this statement of Rabbi Yochanan makes it sound like it is a violation of the Torah and therefore you get the lashes. However, right? But the Gemara has a straight-up b'risa that says that it's not from the Torah, but rather this prohibition is from the Rabbanan. So the, the Gemara says, who the Amar ki haitana that Rabbi Yochanan agrees with a different Tana. In other words, there is a Tanaic Machlokas here. The Tanya Hamavir Beis Hashechi Beis Erva Harezim Oiver Mishum Lo Yilbash Gever Simlas Isha. So just like we have an explicit um, Brisa that says that 
that cross-dressing is a derabanan, there's also an explicit brisa that says, Hamavir erva, right? That explicitly says if you have hair removal, he violates lo yilbash. He violates lo yilbash, which means that it's a violation of the scripture, right? It's a violation of the pasuk in the Torah, which would imply that it's deraisa, and that is what Rabbi Yochanan is uh, is referring to. Okay. Now, Vitanakama, the first one who holds that it's only a derabanan, high lo yilbash gever my darshbe, the pasuk, the the Gemara wants to know what then if would be the violation of lo yilbash gever. So you're going to say, wait a minute, the violation would be actual cross dressing. In other words, if you hold that hair removal is only derabanan, what do you mean why lo yilbash gever? What is it teaching you? Lo yilbash gever teaches you lo yilbash gever. The pasuk doesn't have to have a actual inference, or does it? So the answer is, so the Mepharshim say, it kind of does have to have some extra inference because of the way the Pasuk is structured. Because don't forget, it says a woman shouldn't have a Kli Gever, a man should not wear a Simlas Isha, and then it says, Ki Hashem kol ose There is some redundancy in here, Barry. In other words, it, go, it goes the extra mile, says, because it's a To'eva, there must be something more than just... Uh, technically wearing a skirt or pants, right? There's something more to this. And that extra line saying that's an abomination is referring to any sort of such behavior. That's what the Mepharshim are explaining. That's why there must be some limud. So we thought the limud would be hair removal. But if you say the hair removal is only abundance, so what's the extra abomination? Says the Gemara, He believes that what the Pasuk is adding is as follows. It says, What is that Pasuk teaching you? It says, right, if you think that it only means that that you can't cross-dress, well, the the Pasuk says that it's a to'eva, and cross-dressing in its own right is not really an abomination. Like, you might be getting carried away. Like, okay, so, you, so you're wearing a kilt or whatever. The woman's wearing pants. So she's wearing pants, but is that really an abomination? I mean, that's getting a little carried away, don't you think? Ah, rather, Well, the opposite. A man should not wear right, women's clothing. I'm sorry, Tootsie. All right, there you go. That's Yentl. Okay, so Tootsie and Yentl, right? You should not, uh, a man should not wear, right, women's clothing and, and, and sit among the women. That's already aberrant behavior, Andrew. And a woman, right, should not wear men's clothing and sit among the men, like Barbara Streisand and Yentl. So, so that's what we're talking about. You're not supposed to actually carry out this lifestyle. That's an abomination. To do that for, for whatever uh, reasons you have to do that is the abomination as opposed to hair removal. That's the point. That hair removal on its own right would be a darbanan. But the daraisa, right, the Torah Pasuk is referring to, like, not necessarily just cross-dressing, but living that whole lifestyle. Anyways. However, Rabbi Lezbin Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Lezbin Yaakov is, is nucky, right? He, he wrote Masech Asuma. We trust his best notes in all, in all of history. So this is the issue. How do we know that women should not be walking around Packing weapons. Talmud Lomar lo yechli gever alisha. You know when we're we're used to it when we travel to Israel. But you know people who come to Israel for the first time, they're not used to seeing the uh, the nineteen year old ladies, uh, girls with the with the giant M sheshesrei. Right. Lo yechli gever alisha. So that was the question they asked Moshe Feinstein. Can you carry a gun? So 
he so so the, his grandson asked when he asked him he proposed the uh, the following theory he said listen we're doing they're doing it for safety reasons right they're they're going through hostile neighborhoods and therefore they are doing it for really pragmatic reasons they're not doing it because they're cross dressing right and so Ramosha says it was mutter I don't remember the reason Ramosha said it was mutter I remember that he didn't love his grandson in law's theory, but his grandson-in-law's theory sounds so compelling, I forgot what Ramosha's theory was. It was similar to that. It was because it's not, it's pragmatic, right? It's not for the purpose of, over there, right? It's not, they don't do it culturally, right, for any reason other than, I think that was Ramosha Feinstein's reason. They don't do it for any reason other than the pragmatic reason, and therefore, of course, they can carry uh, a weapon in that context. It's not, of course, it's a chiddush, but that's what that's what he understood. That this lo yekli gever alisha is only if you have the intent, right? The toeva intent. That's the point. Okay. So tam lomar lo yekli gever alisha v'lo yilbash gever simlasisha shloi taken ish betikune isha. Okay. So again, Rabbi Yezbin Yaakov, he quotes the brisa that explains the lo yitaken ish betikune isha. This is. Two possible explanations of the Pasuk. One is that you shouldn't, that what it means when it says to Eva is you should not sit amongst, the, you know, right, live that lifestyle. Or, that you cannot beautify himself in a way that they do, which would imply hair removal is the Raisa. Okay, so these are two Brises that explain this to Eva in two different ways. So, Andrew, I don't know how we Paskin, but I think what we Paskin is that if it's really something that women do, so, Today's culture, I, I, I've been told many times, you should, get, you should get a manicure. So many guys do get a manicure. I doubt that it's a violation uh, these days because if, if it is in fact so common, but you know what? I'm canceled my waxing appointment. Here we go. 13 lines up. Let's talk about more body hair removal. I'm Rav Nachman. Benazir Mutter. That's interesting. Rav Nachman points out an interesting halacha. A Nazir... Okay, why would it be mutter for another to do hair removal? What do you think, Andrew? So I thought it was because he's already in hair removable mode. He has a perfect excuse. I thought it meant a nazir. Uh, obviously, it means it doesn't mean during his. It, it clearly, in the rush, says clearly it doesn't mean while he's a nazir because one of the three cardinal sins of a nazir is that you can't cut your hair. It means after you're nazirus when you're doing that shaving, as the rush explains, you could do the hair removal. Okay, well. Um, maybe be, so I thought it was because he's already in hair removal mode so he has an excuse to do hair removal and so maybe that's why but Rari Leibowitz said that it's because he clearly doesn't isn't doing it for uh, beautification reasons because the whole purpose of why he took the Naziris obviously he doesn't care so much about how he looks because he actually allowed himself to kind of let himself go hair wise for you know this whole during the whole term of his nazirus, but for whatever reason, Rav Nachman, whether it's one of those two, Rav Nachman said that it's mutter for the nazir to do the hair removal. And we're not going to delve too much into it because we don't hold like that anyway. Anyway, the halacha is not like him. So Amr fascinating. Rabbanan said to Rav Shimon Bar Abba, "We saw the Rav Yochanan, the great uh, gadol in Israel, Rav Yochanan Zakai. He does not have hair in his underarms. How could that be? Does he?" Not subscribe to this idea that hair removal is not allowed. So I'm alone. Rishim Rabbi said, "Machmas zikna nashru." He's just not one of these hairy guys, and now that he's gotten older, uh, 
it, it's just fallen out as a result of old age. It's just one of these guys that seems hairless, but it's not because he did any hair removal. That's just because of what he looks like. Rav Yochanan was uh, exceptionally beautiful. Um, if you Google Rav Yochanan pretty, uh, or to quote my amazing Uncle Sal, who's so beloved, you could say, ask me how I know. This is what would happen. The first thing that comes up, Andrew, is an article by none other than Rabbi Moshe Hauer. If, uh, for those of you in Brussels and Barcelona who listen to the Shear, Rabbi Moshe Hauer is uh, Shlita's beloved over here uh, because he's the, he's the chief rabbi of the uh, Orthodox Union here in America. And also this Shear is the first th- Shear he hears during the day when he walks the Walk of Shame into Shari Zion, to his office, where he gives a Shear uh, a few minutes later. And he was the rabbi of the Shul, Andrew, if you might recall, for, for many decades until uh, recently. So anyways, Rabbi Moshe Hauer Shlita writes about Rabbi Yochanan. He says that, he quotes the Gemara Brachos on Dafhei, a story about how during Rabbi Lezer's final illness, Rabbi Yochanan came to visit him. Rabbi Yochanan was a strikingly beautiful person who literally lit up the room. But in light, Rabbi Yochanan saw that Rabbi Eliezer was crying. He asked him why. Rabbi Yochanan suggested the possible reasons, unfulfilled goals, financial frustration, or familial disappointment. Sounds like Rabbi Hauer, right? And then, sure enough, uh, what does Rabbi Leezer answer? I'm crying over your beauty that will be swallowed up by the dust. And then they, and then they cry together. I think I recall during the Asari Ruge Malchus, Rabbi Yochanan, uh, right, the, the king's daughter was screaming because she was so beautiful. Also his, um, his, uh, the, what, his bar plugta, Reish Lakish, who was also his brother-in-law, Saw him once in the river, and that's how Yishlakish did Shuvah, because he's such a beautiful brother, such a beautiful human being in the river, and he married his sister. Right? All of these stories of Yochanan's beauty, so add this to the list. He was not, maybe that was part of it. He didn't look like a Neanderthal. He's one of these guys who's naturally not as hairy. Uh, the, the point of Rabbi Howard's article was that it could not have been physical beauty alone, obviously. That's not, it's not why Rabbi Ezra would have cried because he was so beautiful that it brought tears to his eyes, there is some internal beauty to the great Rabbi Yochanan, so I thought it was worth a shout-out here, since the Gemara shouted him out over here. Okay, be that as it may, ten lines up from the bottom. Another story about the hairlessness. Ahuda Yishayev, Negida Kameda Rabbi Ami. So this is a fascinating story. A person was sentenced to Malkus in Igloi Beis HaShechi, and during, I guess, the lashes procedure, his underarm became exposed, and Chazia de lo Megalech, they saw that he didn't shave his armpits. So Rabbi Ami says, leave him alone. Din He's one of the dudes. He's one of the fellas. He's a good dude. What? So, first of all, how does he know he's a good dude? Because in those days, apparently, right, it was the, the Modernisha used to shave their armpits. The fact, and so it was yeshivish to have armpit hair. Get it, Andrew? So they're giving the guy Malkus. And so Rabbi Ali explains, they must have thought First of all, wait a minute. All the Akhwarnam have to answer. Malchus is Malchus. How do you, if you're the Bezdin administering Malchus, how do you decide, based on any factor, to not give Malchus just because you think the guy is a good dude? So they explain, there's a various ways of explaining it, but one way of explaining it is a Durabonon. And this must be Malchus Maradis, obviously. This is a Durabonon Malchus. It's the Bezdin of Ariyami. And uh, they do take into account, right, intent, so to speak. Right, so you can vary it. So if the person's like a first-time offender, and, and and we see that it's really not their nature, so maybe there will be less malchus. So here they thought that the guy, or they thought that the guy was doing it lahachis, and that he was one of those guys that was like you know the 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 armpit shaving type of guy. And then he realized, no, he's a really erlich yeshivish guy with armpit hair, and so that actually carries a different kind of sentence, that kind of thing. 
uh, you have to explain how you would modify the number of lashes based on him being a good dude. Okay? Uh, so it's a fascinating story in, in that regard. But now you've learned, Andrew. Don't, uh, like I said, cancel, cancel the appointment. Seven lines up from the bottom. Can you shave your body hair? He means here with a razor. No, don't do it. He said, but wait a minute. Sometimes it grows so much that it's like, it's like a carpet. I mean, it's so itchy. Especially in the summer, Andrew. Hey, you're a son of great people. You should know. Why is he saying son of great people? It's not really clear. What does he really mean? What? You don't know either. But, okay, so it, it, was a, it was a figure of speech. Zman Yeshlo. Kol Zman Shu Gadel, no share. Zman Yeshlo means it's a limited time. And at some point when it grows, it falls out. I don't know if scientifically that's exactly the case, but um, but it is true <laughs> that if you were to never cut the hair on your head, right, you'd have hair down to the floor. Whereas if you never cut the hair on your chest or in your armpits, that hair, for whatever reason, doesn't end up being four feet long, right? So something's going on, right? I'm sure we could explain the the follicle uh, science here. But the point is that, yeah, he was just saying, it's not going to grow that long. Don't worry about it. Like, you'll be fine. Okay. Um, The only one whose armpit never stopped growing was Kevin McHale from the Boston Celtics in the 80s, remember? And he always had his hands up on defense. We had to... Anyway, don't Google that. What is what about scratching your hair in order to remove it? Okay, so I'm like, also, yeah, you can. What do you mean? You, you, uh, oh, so, so I guess the question is, um, if you can't do it with a razor, that may be one thing. To do it with your finger, maybe it's okay. He said, no, even with your finger, it's not. Okay, so what about if you have like something in between, like the beged? He answered him, Mutter. That you could do. You could do it like scratch your chest, let's say, through your shirt and remove your chest hair that way. Why would that be okay? Because that's not classified as something that women would do, right? At the end of the day, this is Lo Yilbash, right? So at a certain point, you're so far off from Lo Yilbash. So it's just a fascinating thing that the method also matters, right? It's not just your intent. But it's also the methodology with which you do it has to be the way of the women, and that would be the cur- the crux of the answer. Okay, Ikeda Ami. Others say the different version of it was the Rav What about scratching, right? Let's say any of the body hair with through your shirt during tefila. What, what about sh- during tefila? Well, you can't touch those areas. You can't touch your underarm straight up during tefila because, right, you're supposed to keep a gufnaki. Right? You'll have to look at Shulchan Aruch for that. And so that's clearly also. But the question is, can you touch your underarm through your shirt? So Amalai, also, that would be also. According to Rav at least. But we don't hold like that. We say that that's okay. So now we arrive at the Mishnah on Testament, Testament Bays. We have only 15 minutes to do the Daf Bays because of Rosh Chodesh at the obnoxious time of 5.55 a.m. So let's see. Ah, now we're getting back to Nazir, guys. So Barry... You knew when to take off and go off the deal. But now that you're back, you're going to have to do this. The, to Nazirim. How, okay, we were talking about what happens if a Nazir, oh, whew, get it, we have to square our heads back on for the next 15 minutes. You ready? Hold cup. A Nazir this is a Suffolk Nazir, okay? How, and so the fascinating thing is 
you know, let's say if you become a Nazir Tameh and a Nazir Tahor, have two different kinds of graduation procedures. If you're a Nazir Tahor, then you're going to bring Korbanas. You're going to bring a Korban Shlomim, which is a ram. You're going to bring a Korban Chatas and a Korban Ola, both of which are going to be lambs, right? Um, a lamb is a young sheep, Andrew. And so the, the issue is, uh, if, you're a, if you're bringing a Korban Tumah, however, you're going to have to bring, what? Two birds instead for the Chatas and the Ola. And then you're not going to bring a korban shlamim as a ram, you're going to bring a lamb as a korban asham. So we were talking while you were away about a nazir that didn't know, was he tummy mace or not? And so we said, wait 30 days, right? Wait your full term. And then you can bring kind, and then you could just shave your head and say, if I was tummy, so then I'll just do another naziris. And then you'll shave your head again in another 30 days. And, then, and so there was actually a scenario where you also, on top of that, had a suffix about whether you had saras, and therefore you had to actually do it four separate times. So let's say you committed to 30-day naziris, you do 30 days, shave your head. Another 30 days, shave your head. Another 30 days, shave your head. Another 30 days, shave your head. And without getting too complicated, each one was for each of the possibilities of what you may or may not have been because you had a suffix as to whether you were actually a nazir. And if you sh- and by the way, because you might have been also Matsura. In these particular cases, you're not just going to shave your head, you're going to shave your whole body, which is something you can't do while you're a Nazir, which is why you have to wait the full 30 days, right, to do so each time. And so each time you're doing sort of like a Nazir term out of, uh, out of a suffix, out of a doubt, you're serving four terms instead of one because each one is out of a doubt to account for a possibility of something that you may have been. And each time you're shaving, and by the end of the 120 days, you could already, you're relieved from your all of your potential, right, uh, maladies at that point. Okay. Now, the question is, what are you going to do with the carbonos? Because the sacrifices for the end of the Metzorah or for the end of the Nazir Tami or the end of the Nazir Tahor all have subtle differences. So what kind of a- sacrifices are you bringing? You can't bring Azar B'chulin. You can't guess, right? And if it's not good for, it's not good enough for one, if it's good enough for one, it may not be good for the other. So which karbanas are you bringing? You can't bring all of them because you're not allowed to just stop bring karbanas. Chulin Ba'azara, I should point out now already, it's especially problematic with the chatas because the korban chatas is the one, as we've already said, the ola and the shlamim you can bring as an adava. So you could always make a t'nai and say, you know, I'll bring this as a, right, I'll just volunteer this korban. That you could do and it'll be okay. So meaning if I don't, if I'm not obligated to bring this korban, I'll volunteer it. But the chatas is always out of obligation, right? That's the korban that's out of obligation. And, and the chatas varies, right? Sometimes it's a bird, sometimes it's a lamb. So which one are you bringing, a bird or a lamb? Let's see. Mesa chad mehen. So now, what happened? This is the case. Oh, so the mission we had already discussed, and actually it, it comes up uh, over here, that we said, what would, be, what would be the case? We already talked about it. That if a... Uh, What's the suffix tame? Two dudes committed simultaneously to a uh, to an aziris, and then a third party came and said, "You know, one of you guys became contaminated. I just don't remember which one of it." So now they both are implicated, but they don't know which one it is. So that's how each one of them ends up in a suffix. And we said that they should do right. We already explained what would be the patent, what would be the answer of what they should do. They should each bring each other's carbon. In other words. Each one should bring the other car, the other's korban, and then, right? They say, oh, if you, if 
right? It, it, we, we, they do it shared. The only answer is like this. Barry and Andrew, we haven't used you guys as an example in a while. If you simultaneously committed to the same term of the zeros, so one would, of you, let's say, would bring the Korban Nazir to her. The other one of you would bring the Korban Nazir to me, but you wouldn't really do it that way. What you do is you would jointly buy both of the Korbanos. And then you would give those Korbanos to the Kohen, and you'd say, okay, we have these shared Korbanos. Bring both Korbanos, right? Both sets of Korbanos. And then one of us, right, is going to be, it's going to be applied to one Korban, and the other one is going to be applied to the other Korban. But now, I'm no longer using you as an example. But let's say you only have one guy in the picture now, right? The other guy uh, went on a, on a trip. So, Amar Yeshua, what are you going to do if you're committed to an Aziris with one person, and now you're left holding the bag, right? The other person is no longer there. So, so what are you going to do? What recourse do you have? You can no longer do this special case where the two people are joining in a carbon. So, okay, so now we really have a conundrum. You have one person, and which carbon does he bring? So, so Yeshua so, says, Okay, somebody's going to have to go to the Shuk or go to Shul, and find somebody to volunteer to give the second uh, korban. But that person can't just give the korban without any obligation, because again, you need to have an obligation to bring the korban chatas. So in order to do so, he's gonna have to actually commit to an Aziris, right? And the Aziris is gonna have to sync up and uh, sync up with your Aziris. Okay, so you have to find somebody to join you in your Aziris in order to regenerate this uh, possibility of bringing the korban uh, uh, together at the end. Okay, and then you say like this. Remember, the remaining person doesn't know whether he was Tamei or Tahar. So he tells his buddy that he, got, that he talked into becoming a Nazir. He says, if I was Tamei, Hariata Nazir Miyad. And by the way, then you become a Nazir right away. And then, and then he's going to bring, again, the buddy is going to bring the, the Korban of, of Tahar at the end. And if I wasn't the one that was Tamei and I'm Tahar, Hariata Nazir Achashloshim Yom. Then you become a Nazir after 30 days, which is to say, my carbon, it's going to be me and my buddy. So my carbon is going to be after 30 days. That's going to be my carbon of Tahara, right? And then you, buddy, are going to be bringing a carbon Batuma. Okay, wait a minute, but he's not tummy. So we'll see how that works. You're going to be bringing a carbon, And then I'll bring, and then, and then you become a Nazir again. And then you'll have to bring a carbon a second time after 60 days. And that'll be your carbon Batara, right? But so for in Shloshim, again, so you count 30 days after this. Um, explain after this arrangement. And so after 30 days, they bring both jointly, right? Atuma and Tara. And again, I'll say, if I'm the one who is Tame, Korban Tuma should leave a Korban Tara Shlachai. Right? If I was Tame, then I'm going to bring the Korban Tuma. Because after all, the Korban Tuma is different than Korban Tara in its constitution of animals. Okay? And then the guy who joined me, who was nice enough to join me from Shul to do the, the Naziris with me, so then he's going to bring the Korban Tara. Okay, but on the other hand, if I was the one that was Tahar, so now, Korban Tahar Shali, right, I'm going to bring Korban Tahara, that's good, after 30 days, and then the Korban Tuma Besafik, mind you, the, there is no Suffolk, the guy who joined me didn't become Tameh at all, so what's Korban Tuma Besafik mean? Korban Tuma Besafik means that, the, that basically, right, the, he's going to bring a Korban Tuma, but a Korban Tuma, it's okay, right, because even though it's not supposed to bring, right, again, the, there's no asham, but the, the bird for a korban chatas can, in fact, work good enough. That's called a tumah besafik. That really, right, the korban tumah is, is not supposed to, ha- is supposed to have 
the bird for the chatas, right? And the korban tahora is supposed to have the lamb for the chatas. But we're going to bring a korban tumah besafik. We're going to bring a bird for a chatas, and that's going to have to just be uh, good enough, right? Even though, in fact, he was not actually, right? So in other words, if you bring a bird for the chatas, that's a korban tumah besafik, it will suffice for the korban tahora. That's what tumah besafik means. And so that's how you get out of it. In other words, you bring it as if it's a korban tumah. This is the clearest way, I think, to explain it. You bring it as if it's a korban tumah, but it's good. And so you bring a bird instead of a lamb, but it's good enough. Um, out of Suffolk, it'll suffice. That's the point. And then, okay, so that's what they do. Then, so from Shloshim Yom then they count another 30 days, and then they bring the, only a korban right? Because... Because again, Omer Imani Tame, because I'll say, if I was the one that was Tame the first time, then Korban Tumashali, the Korban Tarashalcha, then, then I brought the first time, after the first 30 days, I brought the Korban Tumah already, right? And, there, and the Korban Tara was yours, and therefore now, we're only bringing the Korban Tahara now, and so therefore, Vizek Korban Tara Si. And therefore now, right, so again, all you have to bring now is a Korban Tara after 60 days, and now this is going to be my Korban Tara. Ve'ima Nihua Tara, but if I was Tahara in the first place, then Korban Tara Shali. Then the Korban that we brought 30 days ago was the Korban Tara Shali, because I never did, in fact, become Tame. The Korban Tumah Besafik. And again, right, the Korban Tumah that we brought was unnecessary, because actually, if I was Tahara, again, there was a third guy that's no longer in the picture. He was the only one that was Tame. Me and the buddy that I picked up in Shul never became Tame. So why we, but so the Korban Tumah that we brought after 30 days was in fact the Korban Tumah Bisafek, right? It wasn't really, it was an erroneous Korban Tumah, is another way of saying it, but it's good enough. And now, right, you are going to use this to conclude your Naziris, which you didn't really have to do. So therefore, that's why we're bringing the Korban Tara now. So again, the fir- after 30 days, you bring a Korban Tumah and a Korban Tara because I might have been Tame, right? Uh, and then after, right, and then after the 60 days, we only bring one Korban Tara because if I was Tame the first time, now I need a Korban Tara. And if I was Tara, then the first Korban was a Korban Tahara, right, that I brought. And then now, it is necessary for the second guy because the second guy who joined me didn't get the carbon tire the first time, so he needs it because he actually joined me in the Zeros, so he needs it. So uh, we have another five minutes. So I'm a little Benzoma. Okay, so that was the solution of Yeshua. Benzoma did not like the, solu- the solution. Amarillo Benzoma, Misha Melo, Shidra, connect him a Nazir. Where are you going to find a guy in Shul to join you to be a Nazir? That's crazy talk. Who would be, I mean, think, Matt, would you join me if I needed you for, no, see, Matt, straight his head, he's not going to do it. So, that, so I think Ben Zoma is right. It's, you're going to have a, that's a big commitment. Matt's not ready to not make Kiddush and Avdallah, right? It's Pesach's coming up. He's not going to have the Dalad Kosos? Well, you've got to be kidding me. In fact, they would override that, Andrew. So you're not going to do that. Elamevi chata sa'of ve'olas behema. No, we have a different patent. You could go solo. You don't need a second guy. At the end of 30 days, just bring a chatas for your tumah and an ola for your tara. What? Maybe chatas ha'of for olas behema. Yeah. In other words, bring the bare minimum and cover your bases that way. Bring your chatas of, right? Right. So in other words, the, you bring a hybrid korban. That's Benzoma's patent. In other words, if you were Tomei, so then you're just going to bring the Chatas of, and the Chatas will be for my Chova, for my, for my Chova, and the Ola will be a voluntary. 
But if I was Tahar, then the Ola is going to be the one that's going to be my Chova, right? Because after all, uh, and then the Chatas, which I, I normally wouldn't have to bring, is going to be Misafik. And then, right, because again, the bare minimum would in fact cover the bases. That's the point. That you can, you're supposed to bring a lamb uh, as a Chatas if in fact it's, it's a Tahara, but a bird still would uh, right, would actually relieve your obligation. And then, so for Shloshim, you be Korban Tara. But then, you count another 30 days on your own, and then you bring the Korban Tara. Right? If I was Tameh the first time, so then that first Ola is actually going to be the Nadava, and then now it's going to be my Chova. Right? So that is going to. Uh, and. So the first Ola was the one that was the Nadava Vizu Shar Karbani. And this is the rest of my offering. So you do have to actually postpone it, you, right? You can't bring your entire, uh, your entire uh, set of Karbanos. It's not going to be a full set, either in the first or in the second case. But at the very least, right, you can bring, right, between the 30-day and the 60-day set of Karbanos, with the Tanai involved, saying that if the Ola, if I don't have to bring this Ola now, I'll bring this Ola later. So with that, you're going to eventually have a complete set of Karbanos in either way. However, I'm already sure the reason why I didn't suggest that is Nimsa says maybe Karbanos of the Chatzaim. You're not bringing all the full complement of Karbanos the way you're supposed to, right? You're, you're doing it piecemeal. Um, some in the 30 days and some in the 60 days. Chachamim didn't think that that was critical, they said that they agree with Benzoma that this idea of not having to get somebody in shul to join in the Naziris in order to bring the full complement of Korbanas, it's more uh, like, it's, it just makes, it's a better idea to actually bring it piecemeal and to be able to go solo and to do it yourself and again, make the snai of bringing the birds, right, bringing two sets of Korbanas, one after 30, one after 60, and then eventually, right, with the Tanai in place, you'd actually be bringing the full complement over the course of those two different bringings of Korbanas. So uh, I was told yesterday by Rav Chaim that I can go two extra minutes because of the Misha Yakir uh, clause. So let's just do the Gemara real quick. Velasi. So the Gemara asks, let him bring it piecemeal. In other words, this idea of the Chachamim, that bringing it piecemeal is not a bad idea, right, is so, is so compelling that we don't know why Rabbi Shua didn't like it. In other words, of course Benzoma's suggestion is better. So bring it piecemeal. What's the matter? So it's 30 days apart. You finish at the end of the day. After 30 days, you, after 60 days, you know, two, two different sets. So I'm Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua, Yeah, Rabbi Shua's suggestion was not said for real halachic purposes, but just to test his students, to see if you can come up with Benzoma's amazing patent. What Rishu would do with the intestines that they don't spoil, what he means is, if, if you actually, it takes a while, if you actually have two people bringing the carbonus simultaneously, it's in the hot sun, the, the meat's going to spoil, what is he going to do? And so he's saying, <laughs> it's really a theoretical question because we don't hold like Rabbi Shua anyway. So the answer is right. That wasn't the suggestion anyway. The suggestion was the one of right Benzoma, which is that you do not do that. You don't wait for the other guy to salt and to shave and to do all those things, but rather you just do it um, two sets of carbonos simultaneously, right? One at the other, each in its own time. And for that reason, we don't have to worry about this issue of meat preservation of Rabbi Yeshua. So we'll resume tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem with the Mishnah on the bottom of the Testament base. Everybody have a good Chaydash.